Now, if you're going to play a tabletop RPG, at some point, your character is going to die. This can be a devastating loss for you and for your group as a whole. But what happens next for you? A lot of that is up to your GM, really. But most times, they will not want you to stop playing. You might have to roll up a new character and get them into the story somehow. There are a lot of ways to do that, and we'll get there. However, first I want to discuss some of the options for creating your character. Oftentimes, this will depend on your campaign and where the characters are at a given point. Your GM may ask you to take over an NPC that is already in the game. They could also ask you to start a character from the ground up at level 1, regardless of where the other characters are. For the most part, though, your GM is going to want you to create a character that fits into the current story. This might seem like a creative restriction, but it can actually help you to create a character with a richer backstory and personality. It can also help your GM with introducing the character into the story. Sure, they could just force the character into the narrative at the current point, but this doesn't really make sense and may even take away from the very real peril caused by losing a group member. As a GM, I personally want to find an organic way to introduce a character. I want my players to not know whether they are meeting an NPC for the first time or a new character. Keep them on their toes for at least a little bit. So, when your character dies, don't fret. Enjoy the experience, try something new, experience the game at its fullest. After all, we are playing to have fun. Now we have recently surpassed a milestone that I personally did not think we could have achieved so quickly. We have over 1,000 listens. I just want to thank all of you that listen to us. We are working hard to try to make something that people want to listen to. As such, we implore you to let us know what is working or not working for you. What do you want to see or hear from us? Uh, you can visit our website, finalwordpodcast.com, to find out how to contact us. We would love to give a shout out to our loyal listeners and make sure you are all having as much fun as we are. Now, without further ado, on to episode 15. You had one job. Okay, so you guys are on the ship's boat, heading back to the Peregrine. It's completely dark, but luckily you do see a lantern uh, used as a beacon hung on the ship, guiding you home. Um, within about five or so minutes uh, of all of you participating in rowing, you make it back to the Peregrine and find your way to the rope ladder. Uh, climb up. And at the top of the ladder waiting for you is a Ramona. Oh, okay. Oh, she might be <laughs> still to be. And uh, Ramona says, so how did it go? Obviously you guys made it. What, what did you find in there? Nothing valuable. We slayed a gruesome fish lady who I believe also had valuable things. No, <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> I, I don't care about the valuables, but did you put an end to? Oh, they're not. They're not coming back. Oh, there, we there was a lot of She's done so. Okay, <laughs> so we should be safe heading back then. I I should hope so. Knock on wood. Do you know of any Knock other caves full of tentacle men? Precisely. I haven't Knock explored the whole 
island yet, but this is the only one that we know of. Well, then I presume we are fishman free. Well, thank you. Tomorrow we will head back to Talmandor's Bounty. Uh, tonight it is quite late, so the crew has bed down for the evening. I suggest you guys do the same, and in the morning we can make our way. Yeah, that sounds alright. I don't think we want to do anything devious, do we? I mean, it's a nighttime on a boat. We could probably we could probably rob someone if we felt like it, but, but that's not really our steez, is it? I will pretend I didn't hear that, <laughs> and I will talk to you guys in the morning. Again, thank you for everything you have done uh, for our expedition so far. Hopefully... We're out of the uh, the woods, so to speak, and things will go smoothly from here. Clearly, we're on, we're on a boat. I need to get back in the woods, actually. <laughs> we're on a boat. Everest is just going to pull out a coin and start flipping <laughs> it in the air. Calling and kind of walk over, the to the, walk over to the edge of the boat and look out. Just flipping her coin. What, is a re- what are the rest of you planning on doing? Zornia. And where's Mr. Pig? I, I presume Mr. Pig has been chilling on the boat, hopefully in the good care of somebody. If they've oh. lost Mr. Pig, then this is about to go. <clears throat> Ramona south. turns around. Oh yeah, about the pig that you left without instructions. What did you do? We untied him. He is below deck. We have been feeding him. Um, he surprisingly has not been vicious. Um, so whatever you did has been per- has been helpful. We do have a couple of people below decks taking care of him. You can retrieve him in the morning. That's right, we can. He's our pig. He's our friendly Mr. Pig. I He's suppose. my backpack. Thank you for taking care of him, as you ought to have. Humane. <laughs> it's really like, kind of... She like, didn't leave any instructions. die? What are our pig Take here. care of the pig while we go and take care of the nest of monsters with tentacles. <laughs> How rude of us. (laughs) We didn't leave food and water. And I presume I'm like mumbling this under my breath to the other, you know, Ramona's sitting there and I'm like, what is she talking about instructions for taking care of Big? What does she need? Who does she think we are? In the morning, just go see Lyra, uh, Lyra Heatherly. She'll be able to let you know where the pig is. She's been the one that we've tasked with Mr. Pig's care. From henceforth, she will be known as the pig master. Mm, Pig lady? (laughs) Pig face. That's <laughs> yes. Getting harsh now. We'll wait until we see her in the morning. <laughs> okay, so Epirus is flipping her coin. While that whole exchange was going on, Zornia had grabbed the waterlogged backpack and was just kind of dragging it, still somewhat dripping on across the deck, <laughs> over near the lantern, setting her staff next to the side and pulling everything back out. <clears throat> Um, and then casting Detect Magic to look over it, just because a couple of things made her kind of wonder about him. All right, what do you have in your backpack? Um, well, it was the the one that we found in the cave. It had that flask, the hammer, the pitons, the flute, the corked glass bottle, and the pristine torch. Right. Um, Does any of it flag as magical? Yes, yeah, so you do see a couple things that are flagging as magical. I would like to identify them, but which things are they so the torch it's a mild um uh transmutation magic on it um and go ahead and roll yourself a spellcraft check 
that's unfortunate. Luckily, Eight. it's a very common item. <laughs> known as an ever-burning torch. Does it go out? It, it doesn't go out. It will even go underwater. Is it burning right now? Um, actually, is it, lit? it is burning right now. I, this otherwise normal torch has a continual flame spell cast on it, which sheds light without emitting heat or dealing fire damage. Yeah. And the bottle it has a moderate aura of transmutation. Hope this goes better. Fifteen. Looks like a bottle. Nice. Ooh, but we know it's magic. Well, Akoya, can you come take a look at this? This, it's it's emanating magic. Yeah. Okay. Twenty-seven. You know it to be what's called a bottle of air. <laughs> when taken to an airless environment, it like retains air within it at all times, continually renewing its contents. This means that a character can draw air out of the bottle to breathe. The bottle can even be shared by multiple characters who pass it around. Breathing out of the bottle is a standard action, but a character so doing can then act for as long as she can hold her breath. I wow. share this information with Zorn. You get a full breath. From you get using a full a breath from using action. it, and there are no charges. It, it doesn't just... run out. You can pass it back and That's forth. That's nutty. Definitely hold on to that. Wasting all this inventory space on freaking air bladders. (laughs) One round. (laughs) Well, you didn't know we'd find this. Jeez. Is there anything else? So, pretty good find. Uh, There are other things, but since it's the same day, you'll have to wait until tomorrow to to attempt to identify it. It'll be tomorrow soon. Now let's go snuggle with that friendly pig. Is there anyone that's not feeling fully healthy? Honestly, recover overnight. Level. How are you doing, Empress? Hmm? How much HP overnight? Just Just level value of HP. Uh, level. So yeah, Yeah, I'm not hurt bad enough to worry. Well, but I guess we've got spare spells, right? So yeah. 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 Yay! And I'll cast I one. More I think I've it. got a level one spell Four. left. And I'm good. Um, yes, I've got one left. So I'll um, <laughs> I, sh- I got myself so for two, and then that'll be enough after the night that I'll be full again. How's Broccoli feeling? He took a couple of hits, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, he took minus six damage. He's got just got six. Broccoli's doing strong again. <laughs> As long as positive energy heals him. Yeah, I think so. He's a he's just a healthy yeah. he living seems kind plant of creature. He's not evil. <laughs> Is there such thing they're, as an undead plant? They're not, that would be awesome. Zombie plant. Zombie plant? It's not good. No. Cure light isn't technically. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, true. But, yeah, they aren't affected by negative. Or they're not run by negative energy, I believe. <laughs> okay. So, Ebris is gonna go find a bed. Okay. Nimleana's so, gonna go and find a pig. Well, there's only one, and I'm gonna find him. <laughs> okay. So, can you imagine you open up a room and it's like thirty pigs, and you have to identify which one? Yes. I found them all. So, what do uh, Zornia and Willacoya do? They're heading down below decks. High five, Zornia. High five. <laughs> we cleared the cave and got some stuff. Yeah. 
Magic Wonder stuff. Twins activate. And I just picture like the high five and the screen We're freezes just and it's just like <laughs> that's that's an unfortunate high five. <laughs> I'm just gonna head. We're just gonna okay. We're just chilling like villains. Um, <laughs> <real> plot twist. <laughs> Zornia's gonna take about ten minutes before going to bed and use her last level one spell of the day to cast read weather, which allows hmm. her to know the weather for the next forty eight hours. You had local, to ask for the local area. Yes. Good it's job, Zornia. Good thinking. It's good to have an oracle. I imagine that's what the Greeks did with them too. You know, hey, read the weather for the next forty-eight hours, please. <laughs> I got Magically, this. here, read the bones. Read them. Actually, magic sticks that I focus. Okay, on. so what do you? <laughs> it's true. Magic sticks. Yeah, it, I've got to focus. Cool. For the spell. Um, the girl's got to focus. Mm-hmm. So, what? How, um, how far out? Apparently. 48 hours. All right. It's going to be a bit hotter. Yes. Uh, it's going to get a little bit hotter. Um, but it's going to be clear weather. We'll take All right. Clear weather for both days? Yes. Well, that sounds lovely. When you said I, I, you had to ask, I assumed that meant there was yeah, a there storm was like, brewing. All right, monsoon. Monsters falling from the sky. Um, if Ramona is still awake before Zornia goes <laughs> below deck to sleep, she will share that information. Otherwise, she'll yeah, share she's it in already, the Yeah, she's already gone um, while you guys identified stuff and wonder twinned. with a pig. Okay, so... You guys all quickly fall asleep because of the trying day you've had, fighting tentacles everywhere you went. You wake up in the morning, getting warmer, as uh, as I mentioned, probably thinking kind of like an Indian summer, right before it starts to get cooler, before winter it gets warmer. So you head up on deck, and you see Ramona talking with uh, Captain Marcosi Um, on one uh, side of the ship, on the starboard side, you see a tall, gray-skinned individual. Fishman? No. No, he has uh, longer, unruly hair. Um, And you see strapped uh, to his back is a glaive, long glaive. It just so happens to be throwing a net overboard with a rope attached Who to it. Who is a net? <laughs> and why is he throwing it? It doesn't matter. Overboard? She's gone. <laughs> She's. <clears throat> but, um. All right, moving on. Not a lot of colonists seem to be up yet. They are used to just spending their time on the ship, so for the most part, they sleep a lot longer at this point. Have we seen this fellow before? I mean, you might have seen him in passing, yeah. um, but I don't know if any of you really interacted with him. He kind of hung out most more with the ship's crew than with anyone else. He was uh, regularly fishing and um, getting food for the voyage. I first walk over and just say, what are you doing? What's it look like I'm doing? Throwing nets. What are you doing? Look at what's in the nets. No. (laughs) 
I'm fishing, you fool. You like to eat, don't you? And she walks away. Oh, that was a very enlightening... <laughs> Apparently we have some sort of fisher man. Not to be confused with a fish man. No, fisher man. Um, when he turns around to talk with Epirus, you see that he has two short little fangs sticking out from his bottom jaw, uh, facing upwards. Vampire fish man. <clears throat> has a very rugged um, look to him. You would Im- imagine he's part orc, at least. Okay, I guess. Oh, I thought... <laughs> I mean, he, he's just fishing, right? So he's not bothering anybody. Nope. Let the man fish. <laughs> I'm going to feed and water my pig. <laughs> All right, about that time, uh, a, a few more colonists are making their way up. Um, a young uh, elvish girl uh, comes up and has Mr. Pig on a leash. Um, and you would imagine that this is Lyra Heatherly. Ah, the pig master. And here's Lyra. I'm glad to see you taking care of my swine friend. Well, thank you for leaving her with, here with us instead of taking her on such a dangerous journey. Uh, and let me be the first to thank you guys for um, for helping us out and keeping us safe. Um, so I hear that you've been calling the pig Mr. Pig? That's correct. What are your plans with him? That's not for you to know. Now hand over my swine. I have grown rather attached to him. I know it's only been a few, uh, about eight hours or so, but I feel as though he's kind of become a mascot for our uh for our little adventure here our little voyage i will give him back to you if you promise that he will not end up on the end of a spear Epers is gonna walk over and just cross her arms well of course we're not gonna harm friendly mr pig he's one of my best good friends now relinquish him to me relinquish him pig master Regret that title. <laughs> Zornia will just be over there calmly and just like, if we wanted to harm the boar, we would have already. Yes, can't you see? We've already chopped his poor brother into little boar steaks. I've had a bag full of them this entire time. They're nice and salted now. Peppers <laughs> is just going to pick him up and put him back on her back. Lyra just watches as you do this, lets go of the leash, and shakes her head and walks off. Thank you, Pigmaster. Be on your way now. You'll see him again soon. Okay, that didn't help our cause. Go ahead and roll a diplomacy check. I got that under control. Okay, you're fine. Yeah, because I, I just rolled like a 26. <laughs> she likes me more for my devotion to that pig. <laughs> she freaking loves Mr. Pig. And my calm words aided him in, in that. 
I got some eight How other. How does this work? That was like a 28 diplomacy check. She's walking away like, I don't know what they're doing with that pig, but I like it. <laughs> She's probably thinking I need to find all the pigs to give to them. Just for clarification, you know that the pig's no longer hogtied, right? Yeah, no, I'm just holding it. It's just chilling. It's like it's, like, it's my backpack. Yeah, just, just making sure. In addition to my backpack. It's a piggyback. <laughs> Nailed it. Some pirates have a parrot on their shoulder. Come on. She's got a pig on her shoulder. Okay, so um, you watch Lyra, uh, Lyra head off, um, go talks with Ramona, since there's no one else on board. Um, you see Captain Marcosi go up to the, uh, to the pilot deck and start calling out commands to his first mate. And um, the anchor is lifted, and you guys are off. Excellent. Well, pr- I'd probably shout some sailor jargon to them, like, yes, batten down the hatches. Raise the jig. Jib? The whatever you call it. <laughs> But well, that, no, that just proves that he's not actually a sailor. <laughs> he says, Jake. <laughs> Move the boat. Um, and thanks to you, your heroics underneath the boat, it uh, heads off easily. You see that the sails are filled and you're making your way south around the, uh, around the island. Um, you guys just wander around during... This time it takes a few hours, probably about four hours to get back to Talmandor's bounty. And uh, when you pull into the, the harbor where you were originally dropped off, um, Captain Marcosi calls for the anchor to be lowered. And Ramona calls everyone up on deck and says, Okay, guys, um, thanks to Epirus and her friends, we... Uh, should have a safe village to to return to. We're going to start unloading the boat, and I'm going to take Epirus, Nimbliana, Willacoya, and Zornia ashore, and they're going to give me a quick tour of what they found in Talmandor's bounty. If everyone else chips in, this will not take long. And once we are unloaded, Captain Marcosi and his crew are going to Fill their water, supplies, uh, maybe gather a little bit of food if there's any to be found around. And uh, they'll be heading back to Almus tonight. So if there's anything you need to send back, I suggest you speak with one of the crew. They do have uh, a few people that will be able to buy things for you if you find you need it. Or if you have anything to sell, maybe they will do that for you. So thank you for your help for unloading the boat and for keeping calm when we didn't know what was going on. It's been a trying few days, um, but I think we're in the clear. And at that, she releases everyone to head out. And you guys go up to her and she says, okay, guys. As I mentioned, I just want to walk through Talmandor's bounty. You can show me what you found and any hazards. I know that you went through it 
already with me, but it'd be nice to see it as well. Uh, and while we're at it, you can go ahead and show me where you guys, um, if you decide to pick a house, which one you guys would like to, to take. At that, she climbs down the ladder and into the waiting ship's boat. Should we maybe find one of the ship's clerics just in case there's an angry poltergeist hanging around still? I did huck his former corpse at him. That's not going to make anyone happy. I mean, we really trust clerics. I mean, this is kind of the one thing they do right, you know? We can certainly ask one of them to come along. Um, I would suggest probably taking uh, Eamon, our current priest of Aristil, before we arrived. Uh, that was a shrine to Aristil, so it might be a good, a good fit. Might be good to have a just-in-case exorcism. Yeah, that sounds good. A little anti-haunting. <laughs> what could be bad about that? So... Well, you're saying that she's halfway down the ladder, so she climbs back up, and, <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> and she runs off, uh, runs off to find Eamon, uh, who's with the other cleric, the cleric of Abadar, Curvis. Uh, looks rather dour and. Do you let Curtis unload the goods? I thought it was Curtis. It is Curtis. <laughs> like Curtis and let, Curtis. Let's let Curtis unload the goods. <laughs> Come, Eamon. Mr. Pig has need of you. He has spoken. Right. So Eamon comes up to you and says, uh, Wonderful day. It's a blessing from Aristotle to have such a gorgeous day. Um, I hear that you might have need of me. How may I be of assistance? Well, as I recall, there was some sort of angry ghost fella in the town, and, well, we may have ticked him off a little bit. Uh, we played around with the, the church, and anyway, just get in the boat. What Nimbliana is saying is, we ran into a poltergeist. We don't know exactly what has happened to him. We took the time to give his body a burial out in the woods. After smearing it on a wall. Um, and that seemed to at least calm the spirit. But while he was attacking us, he made mention that someone betrayed him. And we, so we don't really know what happened. Yeah, and someone's got to clean up that little church because it's a mess in there. I will certainly see um, what I can, can do and how I can be of help. We may need... Uh... Father Grouse over there to to help us out um, when he gets to Talmandor's bounty with us. So lead the way and I shall follow. All right, to the boat, to the skiff, to the bounty. Okay, so everyone heads down the ladder into the boat and uh, the four of you start rowing. You're about 250 yards off and you are, are rowing. You pass over the sandbar and you know, a, a little hesitation as you do so, expecting something, some tentacles to pop out, but nothing does. Always expecting <laughs> tentacles to pop out. It's you, my life now. You make it to the dock with relative ease. You see down in the water the sunken canoe and the leftover fish parts from Delicious. the fuoth still on the deck. Where do you take her? Well, them. 
Okay, so I, I suggest we head to the head to the chapel, so we can review what's there, and then we can bring Father Eamon back to the ship. Uh, start unpacking. You can, while we're up there, you can quickly show us a, a few of your concerns. We'll go through the rest after we unload the boat. Yeah, did we leave anything dangerous behind in town? We cleared all the, the fields and everything else, right? There's so just we a don't... few dead bodies. Yeah, aside from some rotting little oh, goblins. And then the cockroaches in the sort Oh, of... there's a swarm of cockroaches. That's right. Well... That'll be the next stop on the tour. We already pulled all the good stuff out of there. Though, okay. From what we so tell. where do you head? Uh, well, let, to the chapel. Yeah, let's head up on up to the poltergeist shack. Alright, all right, so you head up to to the chapel in the corner of the town triangle. We'll give them a little guided tour. Here's where we found the body. Show them the little um, altar that it was in. Here's that the stain it left on the wall. Here's various <laughs> statues in a state of disrepair. The pews thrown everywhere. The blood stains on the floor from that were there, and then from actually, did any of us get hurt in there? I can't remember. Probably just a little bit because the poltergeist was hucking little things around. Mm. We'll set the scene for him. You know, I'll, I'll give him the impression, be like, and the poltergeist was here, looming over me, so I hucked the body at it. Therefore, the stain. <laughs> and uh, as you guys are walking around. You're hearing some raps on the altar from inside. Uh, like... That dastardly priest is back again. Okay, Epris is going to draw her sword and just hold it out. And everyone roll a will save. You got a 20? Zornia got a 22. So not kind of run frightened. Hopefully. Sixteen for Willacoya. Seventeen for Everest. Okay, so the four of you and broccoli. Oh. Eighteen for Willacoya. Right. The five of you, Nimbliana, Willacoya, Everest, and Zornia, and broccoli, don't seem to be affected by it. I mean, you've been here before. You know what this is all about. Um, Ramona seems caught off guard, but is steady uh, because of your presence. Eamon, he starts shaking really badly, and he just runs. He cannot handle it. He had one job. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that feels like. <laughs> Alright, Ebers is going to kind of charge the altar. Can I stab through it? Is it made of stone? No. Bull rush the wood, right? It's already partially yeah. broken. Because that's where the the wrapping's coming from. Is that right? Because she broke the thing yes. open. Yeah. Yeah. Part of it's broken open. Like a a Zornia runs after Amen. There's just like a hand sticking out. Yelling. It's okay. It's okay. It happened to me. Yeah, do we have yeah. any stop fear stuff that we can use on him? What a little wuss. I could just like shoot him and he won't be able to run That is not a good way to stop fear. That would instill fear. <laughs> no, but he, fear. he wouldn't get very far. Just chop off his. I'll just pin him down real quick. It's fun, guys. Grab the ankle. That'll slow him. We got it. Hog time. Did it once, we can do it again. He can still exercise. Oh yeah, do you have Mr. Pig with you? Uh, yeah. Hanging out on your shoulder. 
What a silly question. You think I'm gonna let Lyra take care of him? I presume Mr. for eight hours. <laughs> Mr. Pig doesn't need a will happened. save because he's fearless. And if he tried to run, he'd be restrained. <laughs> um, so what happened with the whole charging the altar um, thing? Well, I mean, go ahead and roll uh, damage. Uh, that would be an 11. You puncture right through the wall of the altar, but and when you pull out your... What are you using? Greatsword. Your greatsword. When you pull out your greatsword, nothing's in there. But the wrapping is still going on. Is there any sort of knowledge roll that can be done to see like why this is going on and we don't see anything? Slash Zornia will have to wait till she's <clears throat> back with Eamon. Because she did run after... Did get him to come back and calm down. No, wait, stop. It's just the poltergeist <laughs> we told deal. you about. <laughs> exactly. Dunce. You hear... You might have put my body to rest, but my soul is not at rest. Guys, should we just leave and come back well, later? If this, this soul, soul comes at me, me, I will exhume that corpse and huck it right at it again. Yeah, we should probably just bail, I guess. <laughs> Alright, that's fair enough. <laughs> so, having lost the guy who was supposed to deal with this garbage... So, I kind of feel like there's nothing the else worth this um, is what we mentioned. You know, Epirus is just going to kind of drop to her knees and start praying to Ropesaris. <laughs> just a silent prayer to just burn down the building. <laughs> and then she'll get up and leave. And the building still stands. <laughs> today. You won today. <laughs> you win. Chapel. It is a chapel to, to a demigod and a god, so... You win this one, chapel. And soon to be a second god, so. <laughs> Bust out some alchemist fire and see where their gods are then. Mm. <laughs> At first, it's just nodding. <laughs> Everyone in agreement that we want that house on the hill with the like, farm and stuff? Oh, the one with the. Yeah, I think that seems like a good one to take. Uh, the the, the Levin farm? Yeah. Are we sharing a house? You get one house between all of you. What? All right, yeah, All that's right. a good one. So, you guys close. walk out of the uh, the chapel. You close the door, and Ramona says, uh, "I see what you guys mean. Um, I'm sorry that Father Eamon wasn't prepared for this. Perhaps when his friend uh, Father Curvis uh, is with us, they'll be able to take care of, or at least temporarily take care of this. Um, we'll have to see." about a permanent solution. Well, we're tough as nails here. I mean, can we just fight the poltergeist now? I mean, can we dig up the corpse and get that incorporeal attack thing back? Because we got all kinds of stuff to handle an incorporeal thing that we didn't have before, so... Aristotle's pretty close to the Green Mother. I don't really want any part of that. Oh, uh, that's true. You know? You can stay outside. She, he's a nature god, too. I'm yeah, I just really want to goad the poltergeist out. Cut it down. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if the priest is running scared, then we gotta go in the way we go in, you know? Mm. Can we just drag him back in? Why don't we just leave the building alone? I'm still thinking burn it. I'm a one-trick pig. Uh, all I know is fight the poltergeist. And whips. All right, all right. Let's okay. focus our attention I, elsewhere. I understand that you guys want to take care of this. 
but we can save this for later. We do have a boat to unload. Are there any other issues that you guys foresee having? Anything else that was Just left behind? Don't go in the building with the swarm. Yeah, allow me to introduce weapon. you to the cockroaches before we take you to your house, which has had minor alterations done to it. But has a nice scarecrow. <laughs> minor alterations. Minor. All right, so as you walk through the middle of the, uh, the interior of the palisade, she sees the dead bodies leaning up against the, the center well. Which have clearly been effective, as there is no aggregation <laughs> of goblins here. And welcome, she says, everyone. before we let anyone up, th- up here, we are going to have to clear these out and any other bodies that uh, may be around. We don't want to be setting off people for any reason. Uh, thank you for dispatching them, but I will need you to clear them out as well. So where is this swarm? Everest is just going to clear out the bodies while you guys do Yeah, it. we can make... Empress a tarpaulin out of yeah. like any sheet around, and We're she just, can drag a thousand goblins on it. Um, so the the swarm wouldn't leave that little shed, right? So I can just open up the door and be like, "Welcome to Cockroach Town." Jordan <laughs> casts the light on a rock and then just hucks it all the way in. Right, and the rock skitters into the middle of the into the provision shed, and uh, you hear a thousand tiny legs just going. As they scatter, and you see on the fringes little movement. She says, okay, I, I can see why that would be a challenge, but we will need to take care of those too. Now, obviously, the cockroaches don't like the sun or the light. You may got, you guys may need to take care of it, take care of them at night. There's an idea, and just let them scatter to the winds. Why don't we just cut a little hole in the top of the little... Well, I guess that destroys the purpose of the shed. Never mind. We don't want to destroy the shed, so... I've heard that they don't particularly like fire. And before you ask, no, we can't build down, burn down the building. All right. What I about that flare? Asking. That, like, never-ending... Yeah, we have a never-ending torch. But it doesn't burn. No, but it sheds light. So at night, we'll just throw that in there and leave the door open, and the little cockroaches will be on their way. Hopefully. To the other buildings. <laughs> All right. Um, are there any other concerns that you have at this time? Yes, we've made minor alterations to the mayor's house, or the, the whoever, the governor's, governor's house. house. Uh, but it's very, you'll be very safe in there, though you may have less light through the now boarded up windows. Well, we can certainly take care of things like that. I think that we should get back to the ship and start unloading. I will go get Father Eamon, and we can return to the ship. I would like you guys to follow, uh, to come with us so we can make lighter work of it. All right. That's All right. fine. You and guys should... head back to the to the boat. We can probably drag we'll that other going and boat follow. down there, right? So we can take both boats back to the ship. Okay. Right. Epirus can drag that other boat to the shore on her own. Um, so then we can we can just split up and row both boats back so then they've got all their boats again. Alright, so Eamon, Ramona, Zornia uh, are in and um, Nimblian are in one boat. Willacoya, Epirus, and Barakli are in the other boat. And uh, you make your way 
the broccoli <laughs> and the pig. You make your way back to the to We're the in ship. The party boats. And on the deck of the ship, it, it looks like everyone has been bringing up their belongings. You see some crates, some <clears throat> personal belongings, weapons, gear, uh, even a little bit of food <clears throat> to restore the provisions. And you guys start loading it in to the ship's boat, and as they get full, uh, members of the of the crew paddle the boats up to the shore and unload them, come back until everything is off the boat, and then everyone piles into the ship's boats um, in waves, of course, and makes their way to to the shore. Now, when everyone arrives, Ramona goes slightly up the beach at a higher vantage point and says, Okay, everyone, uh, as I mentioned on the boat, Captain Marcosi and his crew will be leaving this evening. If you have anything that needs to go back, they will take it. They will send letters to loved ones. They will potentially even purchase things for you if you provide them with uh, the means to do so. They will be back in about six weeks. So keep that in mind. Feel free to explore. Uh, I have been told and seen that there are a few places that you will want to avoid. Uh, the provision shed within the Palisades does have a cockroach swarm. We are working on eradicating that. And uh, the chapel currently is off limits to everyone except for Father Eamon and Father Kerbis, uh, who will be taking care of things and cleaning it up so that there's no, uh, so that people can worship properly if they so choose. Um, tomorrow we will assign out ho um, housing. Uh, for tonight, you guys are free to uh, sleep in any of the uh, houses uh, or in the even in the town hall, which should be safe. Our heroes so far have asked that uh, they take a residence up on the hill. So that is the one place that while you can visit them, uh, you will not be able to stay in, at least for the time being. Uh, if you have any questions, please come to me. Uh, otherwise, we will meet again around supper time uh, for, for a meal together. She comes up to you guys and like, okay, uh, can you show me around the rest of the village and let me know what you guys found alright so let's see the, the only key place we can show her the plum tree where we dug up the, the such and such um, did we find anything else yeah we can she already has that yeah and, and that was she has like, her own copy that's yeah, not a little case in there so she might already be aware of stuff like that we find um, anything else that are all secret? collapsed. Yeah, the tents are a mess. Um, the gardens that are in somewhat okay condition with bodies that we'll remove, I'm sure. And the Anke, the former Ankeg nest should presumably still be clear, so there's not really much to show out there. Uh, unless in the distance we see a, a swarm of Ankegs reforming in that little nesting site. But other than that, I don't remember anything worth shown around because we don't have any remains of that little spider thing that blew up on me 
Right. <clears throat> so you give her a quick tour around the place and some recommendations, uh, like tearing down the tents, uh, which seem to... Not a whole lot going on there anymore. Yeah. And, um, and then she dismisses you, says that she's going to go and update the charter. Uh, thanks you for, for giving her that charter so she can update that. And says that she'll see you later uh, that evening. Zornia will approach Lokoya. Um, do you want to take another shot at figuring out what those things are that we couldn't figure out yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can hand one of the guys the the wand we still haven't identified, just for you to have it in your hand to check. So this is the U wand, right? Yeah. Seventeen. Uh, no. Zornia will take a shot, and that is a twenty-six. Okay. Some insight comes to you, and you. Know this to be a Wand of Flaming Sphere. It currently has nine charges, and so you don't need to look it up. Flaming Sphere, there's only one of you that can currently use it. I'm looking at you, Willakoya. A burning globe of fire rolls in whichever direction you point and burns those it strikes. It moves 30 feet per round. As part of this movement, it can ascend or jump up to 30 feet to strike a target. If it enters a space with a creature, it stops moving for the round and deals 3d6 points of fire damage to that creature, though a successful reflex save negates that damage. A flaming sphere rolls over barriers less than 4 feet tall. It ignites flammable substances it touches and illuminates the same area as a torch would. The sphere moves as long as you directly act, as you actively direct it. Otherwise, it'll just stay at rest and burn. It lasts for a round per level, which is level uh, the caster level is a three. Uh, so at le- it'll last for three rounds. Cool. Uh, and so yeah, Willaquia can hold that because you have often lacked um, combat action stuff to do. Uh, because I, I can cast that one, but I don't have a lot of need to. A.K.A. I am a wolf. <laughs> no. Mm, this is not... Flaming Sphere is not on the bard list. I thought that if you had trained and used magic device... You can attempt. Were, oh, you can attempt, but yeah. you have a chance of failure. Yes. Okay, so I'll, ke- I'll keep the color spray and will equip yeah. and handle the, uh, the Flaming Sphere. Yeah, she'll be able to use it. Without make sure to write that one down because I'm erasing it and I don't want to forget. I don't think she even has to try it. If you know the spell, you just get it. Right, but it's above her level. That's the one thing that I was wondering. Alright, so that is the wand. There's also a spear and an amulet. She's holding both of them. Okay. I'll let her roll first. Which one am I rolling for? Whichever one you want. There's an amulet and the And the spear that you're using. And the spear. I'm trying to Spear. Yes. <laughs> and the amulet. Um, so that's a 25. Okay. <clears throat> it is an amulet of natural armor. Plus one. This amulet, usually containing some type of magically preserved monster hide or other natural armor, such as bone, horn, carapace, <clears throat> or beast scales, toughens the wearer's body and flesh, giving him or her, an enhancement bonus to his natural armor from plus one to plus five, in this case plus one. 
What's everybody's AC right now? Four. Oh, total 17. I was like, that makes it very easy. <laughs> I feel like that would probably suit Everest best, because she only has her armor and her dexterity. Yeah, I would think either her or me. I've only got 16 AC right now, so I... Yeah, I think I actually have the lowest AC, but I can. St I'm using a one-handed weapon with no shield, so potentially I could buff my AC quite a bit and not need it. But um, yeah, for now I think one of the two of us. But you can always take it, and then if you get a shield, hand I can it over. always just hand yeah. it over because so nobody's you... got a neck piece covered right now. Yeah, so, so I'll wear that? it for now until I find a decent shield. I think that makes sense. Wait, are you gonna roll for the spear? Oh, yeah. And an that was a natural kill. It's just a spear plus one. No, just, just. Well, there's no other <laughs> abilities on it. Plus one enchants nice because that means all of us except for Zornia now have a magical, magical weapon. We really gotta get. You, I got get magical you, armor. Let's get you a plus one Castus. <laughs> it's cold iron. That's true. Okay. Bypasses. <clears throat> Bypasses Bay. a type of resistance that we have not run into. Yeah, just in case. Okay. So you've identified everything. I've just been looking over everything. A couple questions that I can't remember if we ever looked into. Um, I have a name for the poltergeist. I don't remember how I got the name. He told you. He, okay. Did we ever look in the book to see who Silas Weatherby is? In the book that we had, or did have we even thought that? Um, you know that he's the priest. He is. He is the priest. Yes. the former priest. The former priest. Okay. Um, and then I, someone took the gold ring, but it had inscribed on it, "My dearest Livy." Oh, I have that. Did we ever look in the book to see who that might be? I think you did. Um, if I remember right, uh, I, I didn't note it if you did. Um, that gold ring's probably worth a pretty penny, right? Send that back and hawk it. I mean, unless her fiance was cheap, that's probably worth a few bucks. That was in. That was on the window. Mm -hmm. so, there uh, is only one Livy that was listed in the town charter. That's convenient. It was Livy Felton, and there was also a Father Adrian Felton. Jeez, this place was just rife with priests. Well, I had two. And then we brought another three on the boat this time. People oh, just no, like Priestin. Three? Or two? I thought there were the Curvis two and, and then... And then okay, yeah, it was just Curvis. I think Father Grouse is a nickname for oh, Curvis. Oh, okay. That, that, was, that was what was confusing me. <laughs> I don't know. Just, something about that ring bothers me. I don't know why. Well, we should probably hold on like to it just in case. We might run oh. into some other upset spirit to be soothed by it. Yes. And there wasn't another Felton on the way on, that was on the boat with us? Yeah, not that you know of. Yeah, we should probably hold on to that ring as a just-in-case. We've got those other enchanted rings that weren't very useful, like prevent staggering. We haven't really run into a need for that yet, so we could probably hawk those and get something... Yeah, like a plus one weapon for Zornia, if we could come up with enough. I mean, I don't know what they're actually worth. We're not doing much appraising out here. The, you're talking about the ring of ferocious Staggered. action? Yeah, we've got ferocious action, and then we had one other ring that just... Oh, so we do want to keep the swing. So, so let's check what that ring of ferocious action is worth and, and call that an appraise. Um, 
And if we think it's worth enough money, maybe we sell that. Yeah. $1,500. I mean, that's, that's almost enough to get something useful. So unless we really are worried about getting staggered, I mean, I guess if somebody's going to hit us with a, a big hammer underwater, but what are the odds, right? That <laughs> can't happen. Yeah, that would that that's fifteen hundred. We have, um, including the coral. Well, we definitely want to try to yeah. We're gonna hawk the coral and the gold, just straight up gold that we've found, not counting the jelly <clears throat> excavated because I don't know if that's worth more at yeah. the base value. We got two hundred forty-nine. If it is just straight the gold value, if we were to pool it, we have four hundred seventy of the Cheliax gold for a total of seven hundred nineteen. So we could come up Before with twenty-five hundred to get you like a an, a plus one mace or something or a plus one Kestis, I guess, if you wanted, but that seems silly. Um, but right, we that would probably be more worthwhile than anything else we got. At least then everybody's got a magical weapon. You're not sitting there rolling d4s. A little metagamey here. You're not sitting there poking an <laughs> octopus with your little fist weapon. Yeah, I don't know because that might be the case. But then, like, what other utility magic items could there be that we'd want? Yeah, I mean, we could come up with enough money to get any number of, of kind of neat things at this point but i still think getting an enchanted weapon on everybody given that we've already run into one corporeal thing probably high up on the list so unless somebody really needs an ac bonus item uh, i'd say that's probably the best thing we could get is to pool our loot here and get you a plus one something or other okay so you guys powwow for a little bit to figure out. You go talk with uh, Captain Marcosi and give him what you need and tell him what you need. And He's not going to take a commission on this, is he? No. Okay. <clears throat> no, he's going to just... I mean, he won't be the one doing the purchasing, but <clears throat> it'll just be part of the uh, quartermaster right. role. So you guys pretty much have the the rest of the day until dinner to do what you want. Anyone want to do anything? That Bruce is going to go to the garden and look for carrots. Which one? Up near Levin Farm or? Um, kind of like behind the Triangle Town. So you <clears throat> head that way before we speak of what she's doing. What else? Are you guys following along, doing your own thing? Yeah, given that the gardens were occasionally infested <clears throat> with giant acid monster bugs, uh, I may just give her a little backup. Alright. Um, well, would like to start planting things, so she's gonna go along to, to inspect the gardens. Okay. Um, I guess Zornia will follow along. She can't think of anything this particular day to... Okay. <clears throat> ...to do. When Eppers looks over her shoulder and sees everyone following, she's just gonna, like, drop her head and sigh. <sighs> Alright, so you make your way to the, to the garden, and as you're approaching... You see this little short person, he would assume is a dwarf, uh, is a gnome, poking around near the garden. Hey there, pals! Oh, God, what is that thing? It looks like it's a gnome. It looks like a gnome. I believe it's some sort of half-man. I I think it's a tree. What are you? Broccoli, like, speaks in Sylvan back to you. I'm a tree. (laughs) 
<laughs> ah, nice to meet you, friend. Anybody want an orangle? What the heck's an orangle? <laughs> oh my gosh. He's going to hold up a carrot. An orangle, you know, orange triangle. An orangle. Little Koi says, I love these. Ebers is just going to grab it from his hand. This is clearly a very silly person. We should leave it be. Hey, who are you calling silly? <laughs> you, half man. Hmm. Fair. Glad we settled that. <laughs> hey, save some wrinkles for me. There's plenty of wrinkles. You don't oh, need to worry. Good. They're my favorite. Look at all these friends I just made. Whoa. You guys are really tall. They're so tall. They're so tall. <laughs> the he gets, there's another one of them. Except for that one. That one's kind of short. And that verse is just going to growl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that one's leafy. Hello, leafy friend. Can we ride it? Please do not ride the tree person. They find it very rude. What do you know about trees? You don't look like a tree person. What do you know about half men? Who's a half man? Are, are you a half man? I don't think I'm a half man. Are you a half man? Are you a half man? I'm not a half man. Are you a half man? <laughs> I'm going to leave immediately. <laughs> These people are weird. <laughs> weird people. I'm going to take Mr. Pig and go home. Everest is just going to kind of slowly go into the garden collecting carrots. Hey, get your hands off my orangles. Yeah, these orangles are spoken for. There's like plenty of gardens. Just go find another one. Yeah, there's lots of things growing in them. Artichokes, auberginis, orangutans, zucanis, mussolinis, <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> Do you like potatoes? Go find some. Mm. They're right over there in that garden. That garden over there is overflowing with potatoes. Go get some. Mmm, <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> She's eating our, all of our wrangles. We should probably go and uh, maybe get some other chokies. Alright, let's go. Yeah. So they skitter off. Did anyone else just hear a theme song when they left? <laughs> I swear, I, I heard a song. What's a theme song? I don't know. Hopefully by now, Mr. Pig and I are happily at home fixing the, the broken boards in the floor. <laughs> As I mutter to the and, pig, I don't know what that was and I don't like it. And the it. door that was kicked off its hinges. I do have hammer and nails left over <laughs> from the um, shed, so I can do some basic repairs on the house while the rest of them sort out the gnomes. Evers is going to look at Willacoya and Zornia and just say, <laughs> was, I, was I supposed to kill them? No. no. You're definitely sure. not. Sure. Definitely sure. You're definitely not supposed to kill them. They were on the <laughs> boat with us. They're well, harmless. They're just gnomes. They were not harmless. Did you guys hear those things? I have a headache. Yes, they were. I got hurt. You look fine. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you get your carrots or or angles. Whatever you want to call them, I guess. And um, you decide to head back into the palisade to just do some more cleaning up because there's bodies, there's on-keg stuff, you know. The huge. <clears throat> the huge. Um, and uh, in front of the 
parsonage, or what you figured was the parsonage, the large house that was outside of the chapel, you see who uh, Eamon had indicated was Father Grouse, or Father Curvis, uh, talking to another man that you've seen around the ship, um, not really familiar with. He kind of kept to himself a, a, another small person, not quite as small as the gnomes. Um, but he's having a rather heated uh, heated discussion with Father Eamon. You hear Father Eamon saying, I, I agree that we need to get commerce going uh, here in Talmandor's bounty, but is that really a priority that we should have? Yeah, of course. What do you, what do you think we're doing here? We're just here to pray to some silly gods. We need puppets. We need puppets in action. Uh, again with these puppet things. We have workers here. Why do we need to create workers? Workers aren't good enough. You need puppets, don't you see? Puppets. It's very simple. We can get this place running like clockwork. Just need more puppets. Um, you guys are kind of. Not really sure what a poppet is, or who this other person is. Evers is gonna walk up. Seeing say, you walk up, he's gonna say, "You, you look like that sorted likes a poppet." Hey, friend, what's your name? Dexter Grundle Savage. Make puppets. Are you saying puppets or poppets? That I don't care what you call them. You know they're good. You know you need them. I don't know what they are. They're brilliant. They're little tiny men. Oh, no. The ones we just saw in the garden? You made those no, things? No, Tinier. Oh, God. How tiny do they go? They go... They get so small. <laughs> we, and we need more of them. I have so few. But there could be more puppets. Don't you see? Do you have any on you right now? Yes! I hold up a little man with a little top hat. Is he alive? Yes. Well, as alive as you need to be. It's a little man made of wood. Who waves. <laughs> Don't you see? That person is just kind of kind of stare <clears throat> like and then poke it. Don't touch the puppet. Don't touch. <laughs> then she's just going to slowly move her hand closer. Just inching away with the puppet, still waving. And then just But it's a tiny man. They're only just... like 6 inches tall. Hi there. Sander breath. I, I want that. Of course you do. <laughs> He's going to turn back to the guy he was having the <clears throat> argument with. Don't you see? She understands. Father Eamon turns to Zornia, who seems a little bit with it. <laughs> and like, do you see what I'm putting up with? I didn't sign up for this. <sighs> Where's Father Eamon? He can deal with this. Didn't you come to shore on a boat with him? I thought, I thought I saw you guys on the boat together. Yeah, but he—he's off doing his own thing, you know, Aristil and all. Uh, I'm gonna get back to you about the puppet thing. Um, if you're not busy, Father, we could really use you in the chapel. Oh. Uh, Father Eamon did tell me about the going-ons going in the chapel, um, and we have agreed that this seems like a haunt. 
he went in and inspected it um, and did not find the body that you said was there. So we, we buried it because we're just those sort of people. We wanted to make sure he was put to rest. Well, it's just who we are. If his soul has not rested, then he will continue to haunt us. Uh, the two of us will take care of him in the in the meantime uh, try to calm his spirit at least uh, so he isn't as much of a bother but you guys need to find out what it is that's keeping him tied here did he talk to you yes then you know what to do you need to do it well it wasn't it wasn't a great conversation <laughs> and I don't know how easy it's going to well, from what I was told by Ramona, that's your job. You're part of this community. You need to do your job. We thought you were a cleric. Don't you talk to <laughs> priests? I will do my job of putting him to rest, but I can't make it permanent. All right, we'll go kill Arkley. He's not talking to me. Well, uh, I guess part of what we'll have to do somehow is figure out where Arkley went, because... That's who Weatherby said killed him. I don't need details. I just need you to do your job. Uh, I like you. <laughs> You're my kind of person. All right, Everest is going to leave. Okay, so um, the day's getting getting on. And it's getting towards uh, dinner time. Uh, everyone meets in the center of the, the town. Fathers, Eamon, and... Uh, Curvis, say a few words, blessings on Talmandor's bounty and on the people within it, um, and to Aristil and Abadar, may they bring resources and sense of community. And um, thanks to you, with the barrels that you had rolled out from the provision shed, are uh, able to have something to eat. You see that the Gnomes have brought in um, a lot of fresh vegetables. Um, you see that the fisherman that you met on the boat uh, comes in with a couple large nets filled with fish. A uh, few people set to work preparing the food, and they pull some tables out of nearby houses, set them up with chairs, and you have a nice feast in the middle of the town square to commemorate your first day at Talmandor's Bounty. And after the meal is done, the, uh, the crew of the Peregrine set off. Most of them stayed on the ship, but Marco, uh, Captain Marcosi, uh, First Mate Nareth, and a few others uh, had come ashore uh, for last-minute provision changes and, <clears throat> and things like that. And they board one of the ship's boat, they leave the other one tied to the dock, and they head off. Uh, the majority of Talmandor's bounty is down on the beach, and they're waving goodbye. And, as, uh, and from there on, night just slowly sets in. The rest of the settlers settle into various houses, or some of them camped underneath the stars. Um, enjoying the terra firma 
for once. Uh, the next morning, Ramona sets about dividing people into various houses. Uh, you see that the two gnomes are, are housing together with uh, another uh, human. I figure they, you know, they take up a lot less space. Um, you see that the fisherman that you had met is off with uh, a, another large-looking human um, that looks like he might be a blacksmith, uh, and they're housing together. Uh, the the very interesting dwarf that you met seems to no one seems to want to room with him, so he gets a place to his own. The soldiers make their way to the barracks. And uh, the rest of them just settle in. You're lucky you have a nice large house up on a hill overlooking everything. Things just seem to settle in. You guys seem to break off onto your own to do your own things. I mean, you do have some daily requirements that you need to do uh, to help. Um, but true to her word, Ramona doesn't make you have a, a daily work shift. Um, keeping an eye out for troubles and and whatnot. Now, with all this free time, what do you guys do? It's the next. It's day just general. In general, oh. you have time. Um, Evers would specifically wake up early. Like days of time. Well, one specific day, <clears throat> she's gonna go and talk to Dexter about his puppets. Okay. Um, well, and just just kind of see what's going on with that. Oh. just gonna plant a bunch of veg and fruit trees and stuff. We should probably explore the surroundings since we've got downtime um, and not really enough money to, to craft anything. Maybe not even enough supplies to build very much. Um, so can we get some... Uh, is there a cartographer in this whole group? Someone was into maps, right? Couple people here. Yeah. <clears throat> So, Bones would try to assist in... Yeah, Bays. Bones would try to assist in creating some sort of maps of this area. Because um, apparently no one's got a freaking detailed map of the island. As you're, you know, living here, you're getting to know people. Uh, you obviously had spoken with Peril Bays before, and she was very insistent that maps are great. Uh, on top of that, you know that Lyra is uh, basically was hired by the Bountiful Venture Company to uh, survey the island in greater depth. So she might be helpful in that. So yeah, I'll, I'll conscript as many people as I can and and do as much because I just got no money and resources right now. I'll just continue to map the island for the duration. Because uh, I'm presuming we don't have enough time to map the whole expanse. We can probably only. Well, so I mean, much. you're pretty much you're going to be focusing on nearby. So that's, I mean, you're going in with a scholar, with uh, a, a surveyor who you know they're not used to potentially potential combat. So. So the only things I'm looking for then <clears throat> are resources. I got. I'm a prospector. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, anything that that's worth anything for this little podunk town we've got here. Um. Um, so what we'll do is we'll use some of the 
downtime rules. Um, you all have profession checks uh, or crafting checks that you can do, and we'll just do um, some checks to gain the equivalent of gold yeah. uh, over this time. So, yeah. Okay, so go ahead and just... You have a couple weeks, so go ahead and roll a couple profession or craft checks, whichever. That's a 19. So... Half of that would be ten. Twelve, so that'd be six. Yep. Seventeen, that's eight. I mean just two weeks worth okay. right now, so. so it doesn't earn you a lot. No, but. not very much, but I guess when we got nothing because the alternative would be if I could instead of making money, if I could find actual rare resources, you know, if there's a yeah. mithril vein around here that I could prospect. We'll for, get to that later. I'd rather do that than yeah. making money, but Yeah, we'll get to that later. I got a six. And I got six to this. For week one. Yeah. So just add that equivalent to your sheets for wealth in gold pieces. So just count six gold to that uh, well, you said the first one was six, and the second one was what? Uh, it's 21. And you take half, you're supposed to take half of it, sorry. Right. Okay, so 10. Um, yeah. My craft is armor, weapons and armor. So right. So I'm assuming some sort of material was brought. Uh, yeah, I mean, then there's stuff in the tool shed uh, and raw materials in the like blacksmithing. Materi- so basically well, there what... There wasn't much left there, I thought. It, there, I mean, there was... Some left. There were some items in there, but basically, what you're doing is repairing items um, and not really forging stuff, but you know, honing axes and whatnot, uh, and hoes and whatnot to make sure that the tools are ready and able to do the work they need to. Nimbliana is out with the uh, cartographers looking for uh, valuable resources. <clears throat> Willacoya is uh, out there with um, Alba Divinvar. She's the alchemist um, on the voyage uh, to help find useful reagents. And you, you notice that one of the gnomes often accompanies you uh, on those trips. Um, for the most part, uh, Epirus is hanging around Ramona, uh, doing some heavy lifting and <clears throat> basically doing as she's, she's asked to do, accompanying Nimbliana at times on the, uh, as protection in case of, uh, animals or anything else on the island. Luckily, you guys don't really come, you're not really spreading out far, um, and you're not encountering anything. No so. other on-keg nests or No, nope, it seems as though you guys cleared all that out. Uh, did you have a plan for the cockroach swarm? Oh yeah, we were going to wait till night and drive it out somewhere. Just but... remember, they don't like fire. Yeah, that's what we had talked. Okay. Well, oh no, we had talked about using that um, the ever burning thing that we found in the backpack. I have right. a wand. Mm-hmm. Right, we've got a wand that can wreck a swarm. So what we want to do is, and and I got 
a couple of torches too. So we'll wait till nighttime. We'll set up a little light barrier with torches, you know, just to guide them away, right? Because they're near the palisade. Yeah. So all we need is a few torches to guide them right out of there. And then we'll quick and give them the old fire orb right down the path. You know, we can guide them on a nice line if we set up enough torches. Since we unloaded the whole boat, we got to have a boatload of torches, right? So <laughs> Literally a boatload. A, a torch is pretty much just a stick. Yeah, a stick so. with a cloth on it. So we can just make enough torches to create a little guide path into a straight line. And then we just open that door and let them rip down the line. Fireball them. Uh, fire spear them. <clears throat> okay, so, I mean, you guys can definitely do that. Um, this is not going... I mean, it's going to be entering combat. Um, and uh, potentially using up some uh, some of the charges. Or at least one of the charges. Yeah, at least you do one that. charge. Uh, you also have your alchemist fire. Not sure if anyone else has any has any magic because no weapons affect them. Well, say so we just try it. Right. Yeah, it's the best thought I've got. If it if it doesn't work, I can huck an alchemist fire <clears throat> at them. But we should try the wand first and hope they don't dodge it. All right. So you set up your your row of torches. Your row of torches out of there. town. Uh, after after nightfall. I'm yeah, assuming. at least wait until nightfall to bother setting it all up. I guess <clears throat> can't take very long to set up a row of torches right. before people do it. All right, so you so you set them up, you light them all uh, on fire, and you open up the open door. Open the door, throw the ever burning one in so that right. it doesn't burn. So who's opening the door stuff. and doing that? Uh, I have I've got the swarm suit still, so I can equip the swarm suit and and open and up do the that? door okay. and and throw the ever burning torch in there. And, and since that's my standard action, right, I can I can let them run right by okay. me. So everyone involved, go ahead and roll initiative. Didn't think we were going to do this, so. I got a 21 initiative. 28. 13. Ooh. No, wait, I'm wrong. Sorry. I was going to say, how did you manage to I was looking at intelligence. I'm sorry. Um, that's a 15. <laughs> sorry. 24 is a pretty good roll on a d20. And what did you say, Epperus? Uh, sorry, um, 13. And Zornia? 17. Okay, so Nimbliana gets, uh, actually, anyone outside kind of gets a jump on it. So, um, you throw in the torch once you open it and you can go ahead and make a move action or a standard action before it reacts. Yeah, I'm just going to move out of the lit path then. Okay. So you move out of the and lit path. Presumably also away from the direction of the rolling, the soon-to-be rolling sphere. Right. So I'll move towards the center of town just outside. Well, the, the rolling sphere is controlled by right, whoever Right, but we, we've it, got, so. it's going to have to roll south, right. so I'm, I'm going to move out of its potential way, out of right. the alleyway. Right, so the... Swarm uh, then uh, moves out of the building and skitters between the lights towards the darkness ahead. Uh, obviously, it did not like the the darkness uh, the light being thrown inside and skitters down the path. Uh, it makes it about twenty feet, so it's about here, just outside the yeah. palisade wall. We're yep. right they're right where we want them. Zornia. Are you doing anything, or you holding? Um, I'll have a 
rock that I've already cast light on, um, ready to like throw behind it to keep them from potentially running backwards. I'll ready to throw if it looks like they're going to start going backwards, okay. like back towards the building for some reason. Willacoya. Um, yeah, what is the roll on a wand? Uh, she just rolls a ranged touch attack, right? Because she doesn't need to roll a use magic device. You don't roll. It, this, you just cast it at any point within 100 feet, uh, 120 feet from you. Oh, uh, great. So the only roll is their reflex save. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's a guarantee. And you just, aligned. you can move it up to 30 feet and... So basically, you can have it run through the, um, the swarm of them. Yep. Okay. Yeah, just run it right down the torch alleyway. So if it enters the space of a creature, so it's a ten by ten square, so it goes in, bowls into it, and that cracked. Fail. Nice. So it got off a natural one. So, yes. alright, so go ahead and roll 3d6. Okay, nice. Um, it's You definitely take out a lot of them. Um, about half of them, really. But, I mean, still 10 foot square. Um, but you see a lot of burning, singeing ones. Epirus. Can I use my elemental assault on them? It's immune to all weapon damage, so since your elemental assault is part of that, like it's used as part of a weapon. Well, I, I mean, I can use yeah, it from my hand. hand. But you can't hurl it or... Right, I would just have to... Like, and it's only one damage, one. right? 1d6. 1d6. I just go poke a cockroach <laughs> be like, you, <laughs> you're dead. Yeah, that's an interesting one. How does the fire attack get delivered to a swarm? Because if the weapon can't hit it, then the weapon's not, like a touch attack can't hit it either, can it? Right. Unless so, it's an area. It, it has to be an area thing. So I don't think you can I actually can deliver then. your elemental assault to a swarm. Okay, then I'll just drop to my knees and scream and stare at this guy. <laughs> 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 Uh, okay. Um, Nimbliana. Um, well, I guess seeing that they're not, seeing that they're not toast yet, I'll I'll throw my alchemist fire at them and hope for the best, aim for the center of what's left of the swarm. Okay. And that looks like I only roll a 12, uh, with that splash weapon to hit the center of the swarm. Uh, now... Since a swarm is a, it's a 10 by 10, you aiming right here at the center? Yeah, if that's, you know, I don't know how the rules work for that. That's hitting an AC. If you're hitting an intersection like this and not aiming for a creature, it's an AC of 10. Okay, great. So I can, with my 12, I can actually land that alchemist fire right there. And if you do it that... It only does splash damage, which Alchemist Fire only does splash damage anyway. So, uh, and what's the it's a D6 or D4 for the Alchemist Fire's damage? I haven't used one of these in ages. Oh, and that's the last one. A D6. Five damage. Okay, yes. and then the splash is an additional one damage. One, two, three, four. So nine. All right. Is it still not toast? It's still not toast. That is a lot of fire we've put on them. Okay. Um, 
it is its turn. It moves away from the flaming sphere further down towards the oh, well, the end. Fair enough. Nice. Away from uh, the as the big thing of light, really. Uh, and it gets about 20 feet down. And Zornia. Move oh, farther down and then ready the same action. Throw the rock with light on it in okay. case it starts moving backwards. But don't foresee that happening since there's a giant flaming sphere in the way. Just still uh-huh. rolling right at him. Perfect. And as this stuff is going on, you see some of the colonists starting to show up and find, see what's going Ooh, on. Burning the big giant, I love that. Fireworks. The big giant Ooh. ball of fire fireworks. rolling around. We love fireworks. <laughs> Willakoya? So do you just again? basically just point where you want it to go. Okay. I want it to go toward the cockroaches. <laughs> toward the colonists. <laughs> Surprise! Boom down. So now they what just got the another 3D sets. It for a wand is it it's the caster level right so 10 plus spell level plus so it would be using her mod, well or whatever caster wisdom it would be using mod. hers right i would think so since she's the caster okay so what's your wisdom mod mm-hmm. so dc of 16 nine it does not make it wonderful <clears throat> go ahead and roll your 3d6 Burn, baby, burn. That's just a nine, man. <laughs> so it burns a lot of uh, uh, of the cockroaches, and it's very thin. Doesn't really seem to be acting as a uh, as a mass anymore, and it dissipates. Wow, we've dispersed the roaches. It runs off in all directions. Uh, some of them do go back towards the provisions. Others, uh, you know, they're they're individual. They're they're just taking off. There's no hive just mind to it anymore. Cockroaches now. Okay, so that takes care of the cockroaches. With only two, only one charge used from that one. Right? Yep. Because that's all part of the one. So now you've got. You still got a, a flaming sphere if you wanted to have it jump into the ocean or something. Would probably be the safest bet. <laughs> It only has one more round before it dissipates. You can move 30 feet. Yeah, or jump 30 feet. I think you have to jump 30 feet over the collar so they're all like, <gasps> and then it just dissipates. <laughs> they're going to kill us. Except it's kind of like a showing of what we could do. Like, don't mess <laughs> with us. Fear us. <laughs> Build us a Okay, so the... I know what you're thinking. I want to search it. <laughs> search the cockroach swarm? Yes. The storehouse. Now that there's nothing in there to attack ah. us. Okay. And I want to take my yeah, sweet time with my l- glowy light, yes. looking around, taking twenty. We do still have that prepared rock? Exactly. No, I think through it. I, no. Right. Go His ahead. Turn oh. never came back it's out. dark, so <laughs> I have my light. Yeah. I have my light. Rock. So you make your way back up the uh, row of torches, and it leads you right in, kind of like, oh, you're skipping. Um, no. <laughs> And the ever-burning torch is still in there, so that's yeah. extra Yeah, light. we'll need to pick that back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I take my time looking around inside, which gives me a 26. Looking for anything that we missed before because of the fact that there were cockroaches, anything that might be of value or of use to the colony itself. Okay, so um, you 
searching through, you do find, um, unfortunately, some rotted vegetables, as you had determined before. And on a shelf in the corner, you see a teak wood box that is approximately 12 inches long by two and a half inches by one and a half inch. It's a wand box. Um, puppies. Is it? Am I able to just open it? Yep. Zorny will open the box. Okay, and inside you do, in fact, find a wand. I will cast Detect Magic and attempt to identify it. Okay. Probably not with a 12. Uh, no. I will bring it to Willacoya. Hooray! 20. This is a wand of Goodberry. With 49 charges. That's a lot of berries. How many berries do you make with each cast of it? Like a handful, right? 2d4. I can cast Goodberry. Yeah, which it? makes you able to use it without having to. What do we do, do with the berries? Good berries are just like a magical fruit that heals you for one HP instantly. And treats you as though you've eaten yeah. an entire meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Especially you can only eat like what one per day, or is eight. it? Well eight. You can eat eight of them per day. Yep. Jeez, someone's a fatty. <laughs> so. And also, you know that the the box, if you look at it, like if you bring it outside into a little bit more light, uh, you see that it is adorned, um, and it has on the inside of it, to the colonists of Talmandor's bounty, may all your berries be good. Well, that's a lot of, I mean, 49 charts, so someone's cast... One good berry. <laughs> Apparently so. Well, I think this will help should uh, regular supplies run low for any reason. It's just really annoying. Well, healing not, even, it's not even so much the healing, the the, the nourishment. nourishment. Yeah. Is Will Coil holding on to it? Yeah, because, you're, because can you can cast berries? it. So you can just make us good berries whenever you need. Who wants a good berries? <laughs> I don't think any of you need one right now. Please do not waste the berries on the gnomes. <laughs> we look over and there's like a pile of good berries. <laughs> and how, I'm trying to remember how long they last. Two minutes left. A little longer than um, two minutes. There is no duration. One there's day no duration. This is on here one day per level. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I imagine they're kind of like a summon thing. They'll just disappear yeah. and rot after that time. So, two days per cast? That's not bad. Now, you do have to pick berries first. Oh, so you, you have to turn actual yes, berries into it, them. It turns actual berries. Oh. Uh, the, the spell does anyway. So, I just conjured so them good up. thing Willacoy has been planting berry bushes. So you can pick any berries, cast it on it. It's a good berry. Yay! Delicious. Okay, so you've cleared that out. You've searched it finally. And this is you know, probably on the second or third night uh, that you're there. So after about two weeks, you guys wake up one morning. 
Ramona comes up to your room, uh, up to your house, and uh, knocks on the door rather um, abruptly. It's early in the morning, uh, about six a.m. or so. Just a loud knock. This is those freaking gnomes again. I am gonna lose it. I'm just gonna holler. Guys, Go it's Ramona. Open up. We got something to talk about. Nobody answered the door. It's a trick. <laughs> Sornier walks over to the door. And opens it. <laughs> yes, Ramona? Uh, Zornia, I need you guys to come with me. There's, There's been an incident. And we'll find out what it is next week. 